0: chapter twenty of eighty seven by pansy the slibrivox recording is in the public domain chapter twenty very much improved the result of all his thinking was that winter went to dr decker for advice should he try to join the ivy reading circle and if so how should he set about it the doctor was puzzled troubled he gave very little thought to such matters for the reason that he had little time for anything outside his profession but he saw difficulties in the way which had not occurred to winter still he promised to consider the subject to see what could be done and report the doing so involved him in more embarrassment than he had imagined his daughter sate exclaimed over the idea they will never admit him in the world he is foolish to want to join them papa they are very exclusive you have no idea they vote on each name and one negative vote excludes a person within a few months they have excluded eighteen some of them from among the best people in town imagine such a circle opening its doors to your office boy upon my word said the doctor if i had been so unfortunate as to have them open for me i should want them to open again as soon as possible and let me out i don't believe in that sort of thing i should not think it would be to nettie's taste nevertheless since winter wants a chance to read with them i will not dishonor them by giving them no opportunity to be decent it won't do any good papa they will just be mortified because they cannot gratify you and it will seem very queer to them that you think he could be received why they refused Katie lester last week and she's a niece of judge watson you know what in the world has that to do with her qualifications for joining a reading circle asked her father somewhat testily and miss sate finding the question hard to answer felt that her honored father's education had certainly been defective in some directions and held her peace your aunt nettie would know how to manage such things he said after a thoughtful silence during which he appeared to be looking straight ahead into space but was in reality looking back seeing a neat front room and delicately broiled fish and hot coffee and hungry boys like rick walker and dozens of others and his sister nettie wise beyond her generation managing it all fishing for souls he saw it plainly now she knew just how to manage such things a wistful tenderness in his voice but i do not the sentence ended with a sigh it was something which i do not believe the doctor admitted even to himself but the fact was he had chosen a wife who seemed not to know how to manage such things either at least she did not manage them in his sister nettie's way she was gentle and graceful and eminently kind and courteous to all classes of society she managed her home duties with infinite grace and tact but when it came to questions like this one she seemed puzzled and troubled the woman had not for some reason developed quite as her girlhood had promised in answer to the doctor's suggestion that their daughter sate should see what the ivy circle would think of the proposed new member she replied that she did know perhaps that would not be wise sally was not herself a member of the circle and she might be thought to be presuming too much on her father's position that the young man would hardly enjoy it she should think that young people of different grades in society were harder to harmonize than they used to be that one couldn't make modes of thought over to suit one's self and a young girl like their sate could not very well be aggressive it would not be thought well of the doctor hurried worried thought again of his sister nettie looked at his fair cultured wife smiled gratefully as he thought of all the beauty of her life and of what she had once done for him told himself that people could not be all alike and of course it would be very unfortunate if they were thought of his absent daughter nettie and wondered with a frown whether she really had these silly notions which the young people of to-day seemed to be adopting he wished she were here just to see whether the young nettie would have any of the skill of the nettie of his boyhood and this made him think again of winter kelland he of all persons ought to try to help the boy but how judge McClintick would have done it when he was jerry mack and dr decker remembered with a faint smile that a boy whom he used to know named norm had certainly had great success in winning boys but they were very low-down boys he told himself in perplexity if this fellow smoked or chewed tobacco or played cards or drank beer i should know how to set to work to help him as it is and then he left the table in haste in answer to an urgent call the question still unsolved and mrs deckers said to her daughter with a sigh that it was a pity papa's few minutes of leisure with his family must be disturbed by wearisome thoughts about making over society she should think the boy winter ought to be grateful for his present opportunities nevertheless dr decker did not dismiss the subject in the course of the busy day he came in contact with one of the young men whose names had been mentioned as prominent in the ivy reading circle to him he abruptly presented the wishes of the new aspirant he named the young man as his student of whom he thought unusually well enlightened somewhat by the remarks of miss sate he understood the flush which rose on the young man's face and his embarrassed attempts to be very deferential to the doctor and yet have nothing to do with the young student of whom he thought well understood them enough not to be greatly surprised when two hours later a carefully worded note was brought him to the effect that the circle was very sorry that it had resolved to receive no new members from any source whatever at present it was just large enough for comfort and in short no one however desirable would be received unless a vacancy should occur at that particular moment the doctor was standing by the bedside of a young lady in high life who was suffering from an attack of nervous prostration. "'And with all the rest,' said the worried mother, "'she has just joined a reading circle, "'as though she hadn't enough now to wear her out.' "'Oh, well, Mama,' the girl languidly explained, "'I was only voted in last night at ten o'clock, "'so I do not think that can have harmed me yet.' "'What is that?' asked the doctor, whose note had been handed him in company with several telegrams just as he was entering this house and he had taken time to glance them over so you belong to a reading circle with all the rest is it the ivy circle yes sir i don't expect to read much but they coaxed me to join because they have such good times together nevertheless the doctor told himself with a peculiar smile on his face as he entered his carriage nevertheless i believe in reading circles he reported the state of the case as carefully as he could to his student that afternoon they were driving rapidly through the city at the time and the doctor could not see the flush which spread all over the young man's face reaching to his very temples he did not understand how should he what the desire had become to the lonely fellow his own boyhood had been hard had been devoid of friendships so he supposed but nothing like the utter loneliness of the life which winter kelland lived was known to him by experience how should a boy with a sister nettie and a friend jerry mack know anything of such friendlessness as winter kelland's he said almost nothing beyond the brief words of thanks for the doctor's kindness and that hurried man told himself that the poor fellow was not much surprised or troubled probably he had understood how it would be then he dismissed the matter from his thoughts so did winter but before doing it he sat down alone in the little back room on mrs tryon's third floor the little spot in all the great world which was home and went over his life as well as he could from the county poorhouse through mrs josiah griggs's kitchen and mrs putnam's garden up to this attic room he took out from his vest-pocket a little book two inches square and looked at it tenderly it was the memory of a kind friendly voice he took from one of the corners of his pocket-book a small piece of newspaper carefully folded he spread it out and slowly read the words there are valiant souls who without family prestige without incitement on the part of father or mother seem early in life to take a wide view feel the necessity, and say, by God's help, with our own right hand and what brain-power we have, we will attain what culture we can. He read it three times, although the words were almost as familiar to him as his own name, then slowly folded and replaced it, as though it were a talisman. Then he folded his arms and thought, "'I shall do it,' he said at last, aloud and slowly." For years I have meant to try toward it. Now I mean to accomplish if I live. With what brain power I have, I will attain. But I must do it alone. No reading circles for me, at least not until I can command broadcloth and perfumes and plenty of elegant leisure. And then I will have nothing to do with them. They are shams. I'll rise without their help, without any help, fight my way up into power he was quoting again from the bit of paper. He did not know how much those quoted words were helping him. He did not know how much the book Two Inches Square had helped him. He thought, poor foolish fellow, that he fought alone. Whereas a network of circumstances had been surrounding him all his life, and drawing him as steadily as he would allow himself to be drawn, in the direction in which he fancied he had always wanted to go but he is young have patience with him the time will come when he will understand himself and his happenings much better than now from this time however he put away with firm hand all thoughts of belonging to a reading circle i will be my own reading circle he said with a grim smile and he read and studied harder than ever and the months went by on swift wings and many changes of the sort that are almost imperceptible because of their gradual character came to winter kelland just when he ceased to help the hostler with his morning work among the horses he could not himself have told he remembered that the occasions when he was needed in the office at that hour grew more and more frequent and that the doctor often said to him to-morrow morning i shall want you here at six or on thursday morning you may go with me to the hospital but there was never a day in which it was distinctly said to him after this your work will not be about the stables any more yet the fact was unquestioned that save to feed and pet his own pony he and the stables had parted company it was much the same about answering the bell he had seldom opportunity for comforting the bell-boy now let thomas remain this evening i shall want you in the inner office was the message that grew more and more familiar to his ears until without positive command or defined moment when it became his place winter now recognized that his place was within call of the doctor to mark this paragraph or cut out that one or copy such and such a reference or carry a verbal message to a patient or a younger physician You keep Winter with you a great deal of the time now, don't you? Questioned his observant wife, and the doctor had answered in a tone which would have made Winter's heart throb with pleasure. The most satisfactory fellow I ever had about me. He knows where everything is without looking for it, and he knows just what I want without my asking for it. I don't know how I am ever to send him off to attend lectures. I can't spare him. Are you going to send him away? why of course said the doctor an astonished stare accompanying the words didn't you know he was to be a physician i didn't know spoken meekly your office boys do not all go to medical college dr decker laughed that is true i never had an office boy nor a student like him he was born for a doctor it would be a tempting of providence not to help him not that he needs it but i shall give it he is very much improved said mrs decker she meant as to his clothes and the arrangement of his hair and the management of his hands and feet it was true he had improved in all these respects imperceptibly in part as regarded his own eyes much of the improvement had been the result of constantly seeing and hearing gentlemen in the doctor's office some of it though of this he did not dream and at that stage of his career would have scorned the idea still it is true some of it grew out of his daily association with the young men whom he met at mrs tryan's table they did not know much but they knew how to wear their clothes and indeed how to buy them and wear and their hands and feet had ceased to trouble them and insensibly winter caught many of their ways which were helpful There came a time when he thought of this with humiliation. Certainly they had been in a degree helpful to him, but in what possible way had he been an advantage to them? The humiliation came when he realized that he might have been. One other little matter occurred which had its influence. The doctor's eldest daughter, Nettie, came home for her school vacation. She was not long at home but she was of one of those who have not to stay long in a place to have their influence felt she was interested always in her father's students or office-boys or bell-boys or whatever their position she was interested in the coachman and stable-boy and had always made it apparent it was therefore not strange that she showed immediate interest in winter papa he is of another stamp than most of them she said interrogatively i wondered if you would discover it said the father in great satisfaction he is quite different i haven't time to be as interested in him as i should like to be but that does not matter he does not need it he will make his way alone and so far as the young people of our city are concerned he will have to they do not discover any difference between him and other plotters and then he told her of the little episode of the reading circle what nonsense said this energetic young woman of eighteen i did not know our circle was so absurdly exclusive i knew they did not want a very large company because they thought it would be unwieldy but i supposed they would be ready to hold out a helping hand it is the very spirit of the organization to do so it is the spirit of this branch of the organization to glorify itself i fancy its unwritten prayer must be i thank thee that i am not as other men i wear fine broadcloth and fine leather and kid gloves on occasion and have a father who has a good bank account the doctor was not often sarcastic his daughter sate glanced at him with cheeks slightly flushed but his daughter nettie laughed merrily i almost wonder that sate did not interfere in this case she said though you are not a member are you i wouldn't be pussy if that is the spirit to be exhibited i am ashamed of them i don't know said the doctor's wife in slow sweet tones they are not so much to be blamed at the most it was thoughtlessness they did not realize that they could be helpful to the young man it would be different now perhaps he is very much improved nettie very different in appearance from what he was at the time he applied for membership i presume they thought it was merely a passing whim on his part they believed him to be your father's office boy simply and could not know that he really meant work of a literary character the doctor and his eldest daughter exchanged glances and the doctor said his voice very gentle "Nettie and i need the gentle mother to keep us sweet-spirited and careful about hunting after moats or beams which is it End of chapter 20